time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. We have a very special guest today on the podcast. And I know at one point I was having guests on uh, weekly. And even before that, we had guests daily when we were doing a five days a week show. Now we're just down to one day a week. And usually it's just me rambling about my thoughts on uh, sports, current events, or whatever is going on through my mind. Of course, the loyal listeners, you know this, but uh, we might have a few new listeners today as we have a great guest on the program that may in fact bring in some new listeners to the Get Home Safe podcast. I started this podcast up in 2020, for those that uh, don't know, and just uh, it's been a fun evolution in uh, talking to various guests, various friends in the sports industry, and also, again, just sharing my two cents on things for those that uh, that, that want to listen. So if you're a new listener to the podcast, welcome. You can follow our podcast on uh, YouTube, Rumble. You can listen to it on uh, various uh, listening platforms, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Google, things of that nature. So a little housekeeping there. And of course, uh, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you can follow us there for those of you who are new to the podcast. And uh, as many of the loyal listeners know, I am a huge fan of combat sports, specifically boxing, UFC. Uh, Friday night, uh, last night I was watching uh, some one one fighting on Amazon Prime. It was interesting. It was a, another form of, of MMA, a lot of um, Muay Thai, if you will. So uh, I'm still learning, you know, year in and year out uh, how all this works. And I'm just I'm inspired by fighters because it's the one sport where really you can talk as much trash as you want, in my opinion, because you got to back it up. Right. And it's just been a lot of fun to see when, you know, other sports have kind of, I don't know, they've, they've maybe gotten watered down over the years, but I think fighting is the one sport uh, that has kept us together, has united us, if you will, which is kind of ironic, right? So uh, I love football. I love basketball. I love baseball. Uh, I love hockey, but there's something special about boxing and MMA. And so uh, anytime I get to talk to someone who's in that industry, uh, I, I'm just, I'm incredibly fired up about it. I went to my first boxing fight uh, probably three or four years ago down in Pechanga uh, with, with my brother. And uh, that was a blast seeing boxing in person. Can't wait to get to my first UFC event or MMA uh, down the road. But anyway, today we are going to be joined by a good friend of mine named Robert James. And I haven't talked to him in a great deal of time. Uh, you know, he and I crossed paths on the baseball field uh, a few years ago. Well, it's been a while now, almost 10 years, I'd say, but we stayed in touch. Uh, Robert is a great baseball umpire, has worked at the college level. That's where we met. And uh, he is somebody that is involved in combat sports. He's currently uh, a ring announcer and he's climbing the ladder. He's been doing this a while. Um, he's currently works for red boxing promotions, elite boxing promotions, fight city, boxing promotions. Uh, he's on the MMA side. He works for five, five, nine fights, arena wars and CFC MMA. So he's got quite the resume he's put together. And I don't care if you're a, a fighter, a trainer, a promoter, a ring announcer, a judge, a referee. Uh, I love combat sports. Uh, tonight is as we record this on 
uh, May 6th, we have UFC 288 as well as uh, Canelo Alvarez fight, right? So how can you not be fired up for uh, the fight game uh, with that a big weekend ahead? I still can't wrap my head around why the two sports, boxing and MMA, always seem to clash. Like they can't just like come to an agreement that, hey, we have fans who like both sports and it's hard to watch both at the same time. Maybe we should do them on different days, rotate. I don't know. I wish I was in charge for a day, but anyway, we're going to bring on uh, Robert James on the podcast today to talk about his journey in the uh, the fight game, what it takes to uh, get involved in, in in these sports in some you know manner or fashion or whatever. I know that for me, uh, working in baseball, working in various sports, uh, I've done you know instant replay for the basketball, uh, college basketball. I've uh, officiated uh, football and and baseball at the college level, umpired baseball at, at the professional level uh, over a decade ago, and um, I've done some stuff at Fox Studios for the NFL stuff there. I've done. Uh, stuff in press boxes for baseball, working, you know, clock and scoreboard type stuff. So I'm always intrigued by the guys behind the scenes, if you will. And Robert James is someone who's not behind the scenes. He's front and center, literally center ring with his microphone, making those big announcements for the upcoming fights. And I can promise you this down the road, uh, you're going to see a lot more of Robert in the ring uh, or, or the octagon, whatever the case may be. And you're going to remember Hey, I remember hearing that guy on that Get Home Safe podcast that is still probably this tiny podcast with not a ton of listeners, but uh, that's where, you know, I first heard of him. So uh, we're going to get to know a lot about the boxing game, the MMA game. I'm really fired up about this podcast. If you guys can't tell, happy Cinco de Mayo, everyone. I hope you're all recovering nicely on this fine Saturday. And we have the Canelo Alvarez fight, of course, tonight, as is always the case with Cinco de Mayo weekend. And then a great uh, card this evening. Is it Sterling versus Sakudo? I think, in the in uh, 288 UFC 288. So uh, let's uh, get those gloves on. Let's uh, tape our wrists, whatever, however you get ready for the big fights. Uh, let's get, get going here with Robert James on the podcast and uh, get this Saturday going right with uh, a professional ring announcer. I'm pleased to call my friend and someone I'm looking forward to catching up with because it has been uh, quite some time. So without any more interruptions, it is my privilege to bring to you professional ring announcer. Robert James. All right, it is now my privilege to be joined by ringside announcer Robert James. And you know, Robert, it's not too often I get to introduce uh, an announcer. It's something that you do every day. But uh, yeah, I'll just say welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast, man. What's up? Hey, what's up? Thank you for having me. Robert, it's been far too long, man. I think the first time we met and, and maybe may even the last time we saw each other in person was we were on a dusty field at LA Valley community college. They since have, uh, you know, rebuilt the stadium. It's really yeah. nice. But back then it was like a dirt lot. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they did. They actually just went back there this year and I did a, a game against them. I believe it's Pierce college. It was interesting. <laughs> nice new facility, you know, much, much more better than what we, what we had to deal with back in the days. <laughs> For sure. And you know, Robert, man, I've, I've umpired a lot uh, over the years. I don't any anymore, but it's just funny how you cross paths with so many people in the industry. And, uh, you know, a lot of people you don't forget, even if it's just kind of one interaction. I think we've stayed in touch a little bit from, from a distance. So it's really right. good to see you and and catch up today and, and talk about uh, a couple of sports that we both like. Sure. Excited, excited to do this. So, uh, Robert, if you would uh, talk to me a little bit about yourself, uh, wh where you grew up, and uh, I don't know, just a little bit of your background. Just about my background. I grew up in San Gabriel Valley, um, you know, born in uh, 
I was born in East LA, as a matter of fact, in Boyle Heights, um, brought up in Almonte, California. Um, went to like Rosemead High School and, you know, when I graduated, I joined the United States Army and never looked back, you know, and um, you know, later in life, fast forwarding, you know, I got into baseball and, you know, through baseball actually got me into ring announcing, as a matter of fact. And, you know, both of those kind of tying together and, you know, both those things like, uh, you know, baseball, 17 seasons. I mean, we've been doing this for a while, you know, and then, of course, you know, transitioning. I was actually doing a, um, a little showcase game at Cal State LA and I was announcing names of players who were being showcased. And someone came up to me and said, hey, are you? would you ever think about doing ring announcing? I'm like, sure, why not? I don't want to turn down opportunity. If you think I've got what it takes, give me a guy. Give me, who, who do you know who I can talk to? I got pointed in the right direction. I started doing amateur shows. And before I know it, you know, it was on a cracking in the boxing scene. I got into professional boxing and gone to MMA. And here we are. In Man, shot. absolutely. We got a lot, lot to unpack there. First of all, we are recording Saturday, uh, May 6th, uh, uh, the, the day after Cinco de Mayo, which I'm sure is a fun yeah. time for a lot of people. But a couple of big fights tonight. Canelo Alvarez, of course, in the boxing world and then UFC 288. So uh, I thought it was rather fitting that uh, we could talk about some combat absolutely. sports here with you, you know? absolutely let's if you're not out if you're not out working are you are you keeping a close eye on uh, on the boxing and mma world you know sometimes i i kind of i i do and i don't because like now like i'm so busy with shows on the weekends like it's um i try to stay focused on what's in front of me and and as far as um the fighters that i deal with i mean as far as the big time shows you know i'll be there but you know it's also good to see them too you know and the cool thing about the big time shows, I work with all those people from the from the commission, from the referees, judges, and I mean, I, I these are the same guys that work with me in my other shows, and it's interesting to see how you know what they do there, and also too, it's just you know like um, watching it and just kind of understanding it, you know, as, as a fans pers- fans perspective, but my myself, you know, being in there and just kind of like seeing it from the outside, you know, looking in, and all of a sudden I'm that guy in the octagon or i'm that guy in the ring and it's just it's it's just interesting for me you know on that if that, that makes sense yeah definitely and i and i want to go back uh to kind of the the beginning as you mentioned there growing up in in east la and you know for, for me uh, i grew up in san gabriel valley as well i now live in covina um but as i've watched boxing over the years specifically you know there seems to be a lot of fighters who come from that area of East LA. So, I mean, do you have a theory yeah. as, as to why that is? I mean, just as someone who grew up there, I, I think, uh, you know, the lifestyle there, I mean, it's kind of rough, you know, and, and as far as like, you know, fighting and stuff like that, it, it's, it's, it's what it is, especially back in the eighties and nineties. And, you know, it, you have guys like Oscar La Hoya coming out of East LA. I mean, you got, that's a big name, but I mean, you have several others coming out of the area, but you know, it's, 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 it's a boxing fight. I mean, even MMA, I mean, guys do it. It doesn't really cost a lot. It's just your heart and, and sometimes your environment will dictate, you know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Might as well make some money at it, you know? And, <laughs> and that's, that, uh, uh, you know, that's just the area and uh, you, it's a tough area and, you know, creates tough people and you get those types of athletes in, you know, MMA and boxing. I mean, it's, and it's what it is out there. And, you know, you get some, you know, you get some really good talent coming out of these areas especially, you know, East LA, San Gabriel Valley, you know, places like that. No, no, you got that right for sure. It's like every time, every fight card I turn on, uh, there's someone from, you know, this area, which is awesome to, to, to see and to, and to say, you know, cause it, it gives us fans really someone sure. to root for. It's like, I always try to root for oh, someone yeah. who's either, 
from California or from this area. I'm like, okay, I want to root for that guy, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so talk, talk to me about um, uh, the army. You said you, you went into the army 97 uh, yeah. through uh, 2005. Uh, what kind of pushed you in, into that avenue? You know, uh, my mother served, it's family tradition. You know, a, a lot of my family members are veterans. Um, you know, we served in different branches, primarily army and the Marine Corps have one out that just, you know, she retired from the Navy, Aunt Tricia. Um, currently, um, I have, uh, one of my cousins, um, he's, uh, he just made, uh, the rank of first sergeant in the United States Marine Corps. Big ups to you. Um, and they're twins too. So, uh, so, so Ronnie, if you're listening, watching, Hey man, um, congratulations on your promotion to, to E8. So he's, you know, he, he's a little bit younger than me, but he stuck it out, man. And, you know, we just, we have a huge tradition of military service in our family. So that's, that's what drove me. And I mean, and also too, just just to get a, get out of the house and you know become my own person and have a solid foundation and see you know just take my chances and it just made sense to me after I graduated high school to enlist. Well, God bless you all, man. We uh, huge fans of the veterans here and our our U.S. military. Um, oh, you know it's a patriotic time of year with Memorial Day and the Fourth of July oh, yeah. right around the corner. So it's always a, a reminder to. Uh, Give thanks to those who who've served and, and give it so much to us. What was uh, I, I don't know the correct terminology, so excuse me. There, what was uh, what did you specialize in 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 the army during your years there? I did uh, I did uh, military police administration and recruiting. So oh, wow. recruiting was actually my the my the fun part. You know, I got to come home and recruit and represent the army. And I actually was stationed in, in the Pasadena office, and you know, it, it was I had that was aside from the other stuff. You know, the other stuff is what it is. And we all have our stories of of our of our military careers. You know, some, you know, it's just, we can go on about that, but just to kind of to be in a nutshell, I mean, as far as my highlight, which carried me uh, recruiting, public speaking, you know, it, it got me over, you know, I had to go do um, a lot of uh, uh, presentations on behalf of the United States Army. And that's kind of where, you know, like the ring announcing kind of comes in because I was able to, <laughs> You know, do uh, I? I'd go as a 19-year-old little corporal, and you know, I went over to Pasadena City College in front of a nursing program, in front of 100 students that you know that were pursuing you know nursing degrees and credentials, and I had to you know talk to them and make sense and and sound right. So that kind of just got me over the whole, you know, into the public speaking game, and you know, I I give credit to that because it's helped me later in life. It's so funny how we don't always know the things we're doing are preparing us for something later. Uh, and, and that's, I've, I've had a ton of that go through my life and uh, man, army recruiting. So you weren't just sitting in some office waiting for walk-ins. You were actively going out and participating and, and, right. and making pitches. That's right. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so I, I had good leadership in my office and, you know, they pushed me to, you know, to meet my numbers and just, you know, make sure I did the best I can. And, you know, I appreciate the people I serve with. And, you know, if uh, Mr. Uh, Sorry, Major Suppress, if you're watching, that you created this monster here. Just letting you know. <laughs> that is so funny. What would you say to like a 18-year-old kid who walked into your office, or or if if there was one, if if you had to make a pitch to a guy or his, you know, he's an adult now at that point, or a young lady even. I mean, what would kind of be your pitch in in a quick uh, in a quick sell to them? You know what? Hands down. Are you ready to join? You ready to make a change with your life? Are you ready? Here we go. Here I am. Mm. Come talk to me. The you challenge. Know, so <laughs> right. interesting 
That's cool. Well, uh, God bless you again and your family there. It's uh, great stuff. So where did baseball come into play? Was that something Did you play as a kid? How did you get involved in umpiring? Yeah, I, always I, played ask my, that I, I played my whole life. And then even, you know, towards the end, I, I just wanted to find something to do after I separated from the Army. And I went to umpire school. I'm sure, you know, you went there too. Went to Harry Wendelson Umpire School. He's also a Marine Corps vet himself. Um, went there just to learn how to do Little League and, you know, um, I really just wanted to do Little League, and I ended up going with it. I didn't get a job in professional baseball, but I did get recommended to um, get into college baseball, and I met Tom Heiler and met all those people, and you know, they got me into college baseball immediately, and it's pretty quick, but, you know, I thought it was going to go against me, but <laughs> I, I caught on to the game fairly quickly after, <laughs> after the school, and I, I survived, you know, in the college <laughs> baseball scene because, you know, in Southern California, we have some intense baseball out here, and even at the community college level, it, you can get eaten up. Oh, big time. Yeah, uh, for sure. What year did you go to uh, umpire school? In 2007. Oh, seven. So I missed you by, well, I was at G, uh, the Jim Evans uh, Academy oh, yeah. um, in 2009. But if you had to, as an ex-military guy, how would you compare really umpire school, five weeks of pretty intense training Two separate schools, I know, but but similar stuff goes on. How would you compare that to uh, the military training, minus, of course, all the you know physical <laughs> conditioning or whatever? Um, you know what? It, it's uh, the military. Obviously, they they're training you for uh, you know for your lifestyle in the military, as far as like adjusting to like deployments or um, just you know umpire school. They're teaching you how to the mechanics and the rules of the of baseball. They are pretty intense. But as far as you know, they're getting ready for a baseball game, I guess being deployed on a baseball field, we'll say, yeah. versus, you know, the you know United States Army, you know, you have to get deployed, you know, you have to engage in combat, you know, two different entities, two different stories. And it, again, it's just, you know, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, baseball, you, you know, you go out there and, you know, it's it, it can be a battle between you and your partners. I mean, your partners are all you have, obviously. And, you know, you're going against two teams. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's usually uh, about 50, 50 on two out there in a, in a baseball right. game, give or take. So, um, you know, a lot of guys go to umpire school and they may, oh yeah, I know, I know how to do this. I know what I'm doing, but the, I mean, I just remember the first few days, like, man, I, I thought I knew a lot of this, but there's so many little things that you learn and just like, oh, I got a lot, I got a lot to pick up here. So, I mean, where were you? Had you had any experience before or were you kind of new to it all? Oh my goodness. You know what? My first time i bought my umpire gear a friend of mine he said hey let's go to pasadena city college um call some balls and strikes it was a inner squad scrimmage game right before i went to umpire school the first time i didn't do little league i didn't do anything i just went out there watched uh, watched uh, another gentleman who was umpiring guess he was trying to get his you know get into college i literally just watched him with his ball strikes his safes out mechanics and i followed suit and i was able to fool these people before and, and I, I and that was like three days before I left umpire school, so that was my first. Um, wow, that was my first engagement in baseball. Umpiring yeah. a Pasadena City College with uh, Evan O'Meara, and um, you know he didn't know nobody knew. I just pulled it off. <laughs> <laughs> Fake it till you make it, man. There's there's a lot of that in any in any industry for sure. Uh, and and you know a little more baseball here before we go or move okay. on to something, but like. I've always felt that umpire school specifically would be good 
for any baseball fan out there. Not so much that they're going to pursue umpiring, but the knowledge of the rules, seeing what it's really like out there. I mean, you know, not everyone goes into professional baseball after that experience. I was uh, fortunate to do so, but I think it would be good for any baseball fan really to get to learn the game better. Oh yeah. I think it's good for the fans and players to really understand the game because now they know all the rules and they know like, Hey, could they use it to use it to their advantage is Mm -hmm. knowing the rules and I can help you on a big win (laughs) potentially. (laughs) So, so as far as umpiring college baseball after that day, uh, you know, at, at PCC, um, I know you try, you, you worked in some, some various conferences, right. And you probably went around the country a little bit. I did. I did. I actually, um, in 2016, I want to say I, I just, you know, I wanted to kind of get out of California and call some balls and strikes. And yeah. I ended up um, going out to um, a SWAT camp and I met Mike Fagan and, and um, you know, the Fagans and Clint Fagan, those guys were good to me. And, you know, they picked me up for Division One baseball and loaded me up my first season. And, you know, they took care of me out there. I saw a lot of good Division One baseball out in the South and out in the SWAC and in the Southland Conference. I mean, I got to work a lot of uh, Texas. Uh, a- I mean, there's different A&M schools out there, different university, UT schools out there. Um, and, you know, even with the SWAC, working with the HBC schools, um, you know, working at Grambling State, Southern, you know, Alcorn. Um, just experiencing that part of seeing, you know, those schools and, and, uh, you know, it, it was fun, you know, and I had a good time and, and, uh, but now things switched up. My, my, my focus is on the ring announcing and really, really pushing it to uh, get to my ultimate, um, you know, my, my goals is just really making it big in, in, in the ring announcing, you know, uh, realm, you know, so that's, that's where I'm at as far as <laughs> with the baseball stuff too, but. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, and people need to understand that Southern California umpiring scene out here, there's so many good, talented uh, umpires. Fans and coaches may not think that, but there really are. There's there's so many guys that live out here, ex-pro guys, some quality college guys. So uh, I even found myself doing similar to what you did, trying to look outside California to umpire other places because it's so competitive out here. So yeah. uh, it so- yeah, yeah. sounds like it worked out well for you. And uh, you, you had had a good time on the diamond, but uh, you know you transitioned, as you said, to the ring. And it was it was just you were out at East LA or Cal State LA. They they just someone just said, "Hey, we need you to announce something," and you just grabbed a mic. That's that's you know, what happened. I was actually yeah, I was doing I was providing the music and I was providing my voice, you know. And I just I was I was having fun, and yeah. I was like now batting number twenty seven, Guillermo Bada, and you know it it was easy for me. And people thought that's what I did. And I'm like, no, I just kind of catch on kind of quickly when I like something. And, you know, announcing the players was fun. And I actually made, you know, I made a lot of people, you know, like, hey, they felt important when I was announcing their names. And, you know, um, people recognized me with talent and, you know, just said, hey, I should try this and and take, you know, if I've ever tried, you know, box ring announcing. And, and you know, I, I made it happen. So through baseball. Through baseball, again, just building blocks to to other things we don't realize we're going to get into. So what was your first, I I don't know, first day, first interaction? Did you just show up at some boxing gym and say, hey, I want to announce? I actually actually, um, got a a gentleman from Pasadena Boxing Club named Fausto, and um, he allowed me to do his holiday show. And it was a freebie, but I I prepared myself, watched YouTube, and uh, kind of wrote my own script. 
And I went in there very well prepared for this amateur show, youth show in Pasadena. It was a Christmas show. And I went over there and there was a lot of people like from, you know, Sam Watson boxing. That's a major name in the industry. Um, you know, and other, you know, there was MMA promoters there. They were just watching this youth boxing show and they've never seen me before. And I went over there well prepared and I just, I cleaned house and I, and people were asking Fausto, where'd you find this guy? Who is this guy? Who's this Michael Buffer guy? And I was like, uh, uh, you know, they, they, and from there I got invited to do some shows. So there's such a, there's such a good lesson there that I want to touch on that. I think a lot of people don't realize it, even into, especially in today's like generation that if you're really going to pursue something and, and give your all towards something, it, it's going to require work at times that you're not compensated for. It's almost like an internship or you're just doing right. it because you love it. It's it's how I feel about like this podcast, for instance, like you just do it, get repetition and you try to get better at it. I mean, how long did you pursue? I mean, did you not even think about the money? You just want to, Hey, let me get involved and, and get some reps. Right. I found something that I felt comfortable with. I found something that I can see myself really doing at the next level. And uh, again, I just, uh, I felt comfortable in the ring. It just wasn't anything I had to try really hard with, but at the same time, I can't sit there and say it was easy because there was a lot of things that I needed to learn. Cause I was out there just, you know, doing the basics, uh, uh, out of the red corner, your winner. I, I didn't understand like, Hey, you have to read points in, in the pros. Hey, you have to re, you know, someone, this decision needs to, you have to have the correct verbiage and, you know, the understanding what the now, like either it's the Nevada state athletic commission or the California state athletic commission, what they want, you have to have the correct verbiage to make sure that you, you know, make sure that you uh, deliver the right uh, outcome for legality purposes. So that, that kind of stuff, I had to understand that that's what it is. And that's the other part when you're, when you're, again, you're reading scores, you're reading this and you got to make it official. I didn't understand that from the beginning. And then I totally understood, you know, people had told me what I needed to do. And, you know, I was like a sponge and I said, hey, I want to be better and I had the right people telling me uh, what I needed to do. So and I'm very grateful for that. It's interesting, uh, the sport of boxing and, and MMA also, you know, th that you do learn, even if the, the, the so-called experts, you think you know it all and you, you learn something every week if you're being a sponge, as you mentioned. And I don't know, four or five years ago, I just, the way other sports were kind of going and kind of being watered down, I was like, you know what, I'm going to invest more and I want to watch boxing and UFC every weekend. It's on, it's on year round. Uh, and I've, I've, I'm no expert by any means, but I've learned a lot and it, it's fun to, to see two competitors step in the ring or octagon and, and go at it. And, and you mentioned learning, like, I mean, did you have a, a knowledge of boxing at the time, the points and, and decisions and all that, uh, or you really learned that as you go, as you went, I learned it. I've been, I've been, I actually had an idea, but now I really took the time to really understand. Uh, I made friends in the, in the commission and you know, I, they have, I call them up, I pick their brains and they're more than happy because we work together and I want to make sure I respect the sport when I'm up there and I'm getting this knowledge firsthand from some of the best people in the world. Yeah. And they're just a phone call away to me. And they know what they know what it is I do when I when I step in either an octagon ring or, or a boxing ring. And I just I, out of respect for the profession, I make sure I, I even that even though I don't need to know it for ring announcing, but I know it for my knowledge and it, and, and it shows I'm in the ring because I understand, you know, yeah. what's going on.
So, so I'm, I forgot to ask, what, what year did, did this start? About how long ago? Before COVID. So 2019, I started doing it. I did about four shows. Then after like November of 2021, um, I started working. I did my first pro show and here I am now. You know, so I didn't really, um, I, I, I spent, I couldn't, we couldn't count COVID. Everybody was out. So, um, but I did, I did work and practice during the COVID so I could be ready. So I can, I felt that, Hey, I could probably get to the pros and yeah. sure enough, I, I got into the pros and, and I've just kind of taken off and, and I've been rising and uh, I'm still pushing to, to get to different levels where I know I can be. Oh, well, I know we're definitely going to be seeing you uh, on TV lots more down the road. Um, you, you you sent me some information about uh, who you work for now, uh, Red Boxing Promotions, Elite Boxing Promotions, Fight City Boxing Promotions, and on the MMA side, uh, 559 Fights, I believe you just uh, you know got picked up with Arena Wars, CFC, MC, MMA. Um, if you could sum up, are these just various uh leagues and promotions uh if you could explain to the fans out there so, kind of what all that so means. red boxing elite um and uh fight city are three of the pro boxing promotions companies that i work for now and then as far as like arena wars 559 and cfc those are the mma side and these guys are you know everybody they're pretty well respected uh promotion companies in both boxing and mma and i'm really glad that i got picked up by these guys and i'm and they use, they insert me in their shows and they believe in me. And, you know, I have good relationships with people. And, and uh, you know, again, these these are all professionals and and uh, I get to uh, I get to be seen with these guys and they work really hard with uh, with their promotion companies. And I'm just glad and I, again, very blessed that I get to be their face. I get to be their voice. And I know a lot of guys call them up and they tell me, hey, you know, people are calling us up and um we kind of respectfully let them know we got our guy and that <laughs> for me that that feels good because they believe in me and, and and i believe in myself and and um i just again very very blessed to to uh have this job <laughs> yeah oh absolutely and and so are they, are they traveling you kind of all over the states or are you kind of just yeah in, you know in primarily like... california arena wars takes me out to washington you know they just they're doing shows in nevada now um oregon uh so arena wars they they cover the northwest part of the country so as far as like leaving the state you know with arena wars matt phillips you know if you're watching i'm talking about you now but they they they're on nbc um they have nbc shows some of them they're not but um we we're striving uh, again we just i just talked to matt this week and we're trying to get out to reno in las vegas because he has his licensing there you know and that's the fight capital of the world and he's really trying to push out there so we can we can get the shows uh, aired by NBC there and um, really push arena wars. So um, that's a really great show for those watch that do watch in the Northwest part of the country. And I'm really glad to be a part of that show. So uh, arena wars, you know, big up to you guys. <laughs> the, the, the more I should say free, free available fighting out there is uh, I think better for everyone because so many times with boxing or MMA, you get like, wait, what channel is it on? What website is it on? So, oh, right, so, right, right. you know, so bigger broadcasts like that, NBC, I just, I don't know. I think, I think fighting gets too caught up. I know it's always been this way, but for the huge heights pay-per-view, right. Um, it's just yeah. the nature of the business, I guess. So I think that turns a lot of people away from the sports a little bit. I mean, what, what are your opinions of that? The pay-per-view, I'm, you know, it, 
I know like for the just talking to the promoters, um, it's unless if you're like the zone or you know, you, you, like the, they have a very huge pay per view following, but like for the rest of them, it's kind of it's you make they're making their money based off the 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 ticket sales that go live to the shows. Um, pay per view, I you know, it, it's what it is. I, 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 I'm not really. I'm not really impressed with it, but it's a part of the it's part of the business. I mean, I've done some pay per view shows, and I mean, I guess the numbers sometimes they're not what they want them to be. But um, but it's good for me. I mean, those yeah. who watch, I mean, I guess for the exposure <laughs> for me, but for the promoters, I don't know if it's really good for them. So you got to pay the bills. I understand that everyone right. does, but like you talked about the zone, and this is this is me. These are my opinions. Like. The zone. I was so fired up when when they came up with this subscription service. I was like, okay, cool. You just pay a subscription rather than weekly pay per view fights, you know, and you get all these fights. Then they went to the subscription and the pay per view, like tonight's Canelo yeah. fight. So I mean, you're yeah. just getting out of a lot of pocket here, and I think it turns some people off. But uh, anyway, those mm -hmm. those are just uh, my two cents. Um, talk to me about uh, MMA and kind of. I don't know. Some people say, well, it's combat sports, but it's two different sports. I mean, well, I mean, what's your take on kind of, yeah, two MMA, different you have submissions versus boxing. You don't have submissions and that's a big <laughs> one, you know, box. I mean, MMA, you can kick, you can strike with your feet. Uh, you know, you're wearing, I mean, these guys are not even wearing shoes in MMA. <laughs> so there's a lot more actual fighting versus just you're limited to just punching in the boxing scene i mean again respect to both sports but i think it's being uh, i think mma because people you you actually see you know legs you know kicks being thrown punches being thrown people getting knocked out people getting choked out you know people <laughs> getting submitted people like that and it's it's growing and mm -hmm. it's just the crowds at mma shows versus boxing i got a little bit i gotta get a little bit crazier there because these people you know uh, in the MMA world, more power to them, but they, they're they're a little bit more uh, uh, out outgoing than the boxing, you know. But it, it's what it is, and you know it, it's fun. I mean, I, at the MMA world, I, I gotta act like a, I gotta act a little different. I gotta get yeah. get out of my little gentleman into a little bit more intense guy when I announce the fighters. So it's uh, definitely. I mean, you look at look at the Buffer Brothers. One's UFC, very. Just out there, full of energy. Yeah, uh, Michael Michael Buffer, a little more. I don't know, not not professional, not to say Bruce isn't, but just a little more low key and just kind of, you know, it's more so of a gentleman's side and the boxing side. And, gentleman side, and yeah. Let, they 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 kind of let loose in the in, in MMA. So yeah. nature yeah, of the nature the of the part. business. So help me understand this. This is somebody who's involved in the two sports because I'm a fan of both sports. It drives me crazy, Robert, that MMA and boxing cannot have some type of truce or something where they don't have the same, they don't go up gets each other on say a Saturday night. Like tonight's a perfect example, a Canelo Alvarez fight and then a UFC pay-per-view as a fight fan. I don't necessarily want to pay for both of those in the same night. Uh, right. I could stomach paying for one, but just, I want to watch both as well. Why can't we do like a Saturday Sunday thing or something like that? Why do, why does MMA and boxing kind of get in each other's way that way? You know what? Good question. <laughs> but um, for my opinion, I, it, again, it's whatever, you know, for me, I, I'm a neutral. I, I do both. But, yeah. you know, you have people that are just dedicated to one or the other. 
And that's how they're making their numbers for the people who are strongly dedicated to one or the other. And, um, you know, just to give you a quick answer on that, I haven't really thought about it, but just from what I know off the top of my head, uh, you got, you know, we, we, these guys, you know, the, the MMA following, some of these guys, they just don't jump over because they're just committed to the MMA. And some people from the boxing world, they're like, no, we don't really want to deal with that. We just only want to deal with boxing. And it's just, it's where you're at. It's, it's yeah. what you want to, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I think so. they, they do view it as that they are two different sports, but it's like, I, I, football to me is a perfect example. You got college football Saturday and NFL on Sunday, give or take a few different day changes. I just wish they did something like that. And I wish there were more fights, honestly, on Sundays because in, in the non-football season, because Saturday nights aren't always, uh, you know, the best time to sit down and watch a fight. You might be out or you have an event to go to or something. Yeah. I wish there'd be more fights on Sunday afternoons, but that's just me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, they've, they've done some Sunday stuff and it hasn't really been too successful because people got to go to work the next day. And that's pretty much, <laughs> you know, Sunday nights. Yeah, they got to wake up yeah. and go to work. People are really, you don't really get too much of a following there. They've tried. I've, I've done some shows on Sunday nights and yeah, they, it should have been done on a Saturday or Friday. <laughs> People want to, but you know, be honest, have some pops, have some uh, adult beverages and, sure and uh, not have to worry about the next work day. It's part of, I mean, it, it's kind of a tale as old as time back in the Roman gladiator Coliseum days. They're drinking wine yeah. and watching gladiators kill each other. It's kind of less violent now, but you know, still same type of deal. All entertainment, all entertainment, because you know what? Fighting since the Roman era, fighting has always entertained all the way mm -hmm. to this day. It never yeah. gets old. Oh, definitely. And and Robert, who would be some of the guys that you look up to? We mentioned the, the Buffer brothers, but who are some names that, I don't know, some guys that you, you, you like their style or you, you've learned a lot of just kind of by watching them? You know, I've watched, I'm watching like Anthony Martinez, Jimmy Lennon. I, I watched the Buffer brothers and these guys. You know, these are the guys that I'm learning from, and I'm de I've developed my own style. And again, these guys have been in the business. I'm I'm still rising, you know, and I'm just I, I'm I'm glad that I am, you know, uh, doing. I'm involved in their circle, um, in, as far as in the pro um, ring announcing aspect. And uh, these guys are again 20, 20 years. You know, they've been doing this for a long time, and um, just watching these guys, I learn and. Um, Again, I incorporate my own style, and we all do. And, um, you know, I just uh, – so, yeah, those, those names I mentioned, these are the guys that I kind of – that I'm, I, I, I look up to and just I, I want to get to their level. One of, one of the guys that um, I you – know, that I know, not personally, but I, I kind of worked with him a little bit, uh, was uh, Joe, Joe Martinez, who was a Cal State yeah. Fullerton – basketball announcer he also did the lake elsinore storm uh and right. now you see him on a lot of uh i think ufc specifically he, he does uh fills in sometimes when someone else yeah. isn't doing it so he's got quite a voice and we've talked here and there at, at sporting events but yeah he seems that he stepped away from those other sports and he's he's all in on on one now so right um, right right have you considered doing any other sports or are you just strictly fighting guy just strictly fighting. I, I It was tough for me to give up like the baseball stuff. You know, I kind of had to step away because my shows are on the weekends. And and uh, this year I actually gave up, you know, working, you know, Southland Conference with Mike Fagan and, and uh, you know, and, and Clinton, a lot of the stuff I was doing. And it just kind of, you know, and I did some 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 baseball out here, but 
you really have to, in order to really master what it is you want to do, especially if you know you're going to a higher level, you really have to kind of give certain things up and make some sacrifices. Absolutely. You prioritize, uh, you know, what's important most to you. And I, I think uh, that's, again, something that I find my, myself doing, I can relate to kind of you is in the sense of, I loved officiating all the various sports, but over time, I kind of gave one, I gave, I gave up basketball, then I gave up football, then I, you know, it's just, it was a gradual process for me. It's like, what is most important? What am I best at? All that good stuff. And so, yeah, we all have to make those decisions with uh, whatever we're pursuing. And it sounds like, you know, you, you're, you're, you're all in on this and heck, you've only been doing it for three or four years now. And uh, it's going, it's going very, very uh, well for you. Um, I will ask you this as a, especially a, a ring announcer. Um, we all know Michael Buffer, let's get ready to rumble. Uh, Bruce Buffer, it's, you know, it's time or, or That's uh, right. whatever. They all have a catchphrase. What is Robert James's catchphrase in the ring? It's fight night. That's my phrase. That's my catchphrase. It's fight night. I like it. That's right. And uh, you kind of string it out a little bit and you see oh, the, the, sure the fans. Do. Yeah, I sure do. I, I let it roll. <laughs> it's Yeah, I let it be known as fight night. But How if did it's, you... I've done some shows in the afternoon. <laughs> and I can't exactly say it's fight afternoon. So uh, it's kind of funny. But I mean, those are just some like some little things I've did like for uh, favors for some amateur shows that were in the afternoon. So yeah, I had to think about that one. So I had to let, I, I couldn't exactly, you know, use my catchphrase there. <laughs> hey, someone's probably watching on the East coast and it's nighttime there. And yeah, there's fight night just flows off, <laughs> off the tongue. That's what people would ask me. What are you doing Saturday night? I'm usually yeah, fight night. Like I'm watching uh, some card somewhere. Um, how did you settle on it's fight night? Just something that's that simple, or did you try some other things too? Oh, I, uh, also, I, I was thinking about it for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, Trial I had some others, but it, it just you know what? It's fight night. I actually had to consult with other promoters and other people. How does that sound? How the way I do it, and I had to get, I had to make sure that it made sense out of respect for for both MMA and boxing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah and, the, and the crowd will let you know. <laughs> the absolutely you know. yeah back to gladiator uh win the crowd right <laughs> Win the crowd um if if you well not if you could um one thing that is unique to boxing and uh, combat sports is it's something i love and maybe you don't do it as much at the, at the levels you know that you're not dealing with uh you know an ibc championship or whatever but i love in ufc and boxing the announcer when he announces the scorecards and I think it, it's just so unique to the sport and still the champ and new, like there's this buildup anticipation. What's he going to say? And it's That's one right. word, Timing. one word difference that tells people who won without announcing the name. It's something so unique to the sport. Yeah. It's timing. You know, it's all, it's your cadence. It, you got to keep people in suspense, especially on a split decision, any type of decision. If it's a TKO or KO, we know what we know what's up. So there's no suspense there. But if <laughs> you're giving a decision, um, you want to be able to keep the crowd in suspense. You don't want to be too quick. You know, just like in baseball, we get, you know, we got to have our timing, right? We're not trying to make something too quick, you know. But yeah. again, suspense, dealing with crowds, dealing with television. You want to you want to make sure that, you know, because you're adding to the show. But what I hate to do is I hate to do draws because everybody looks at me like it's my fault. So yeah. <laughs> the draws, yeah. that's just horrible for anybody. 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a draw. Don't yell at me. Yeah. I, yes. <laughs> I, I heard um, a great podcast. I've been listening to the third man in the ring with a uh, boxing referee, Ray Corona. Ray Corona. We both said it at the same time. Yeah. He, he is. He's fantastic. Um, I love what he does in the ring and he's talked to other referees. He had Jimmy Lennon jr. On a podcast yeah. a couple weeks ago, talking to him. Uh, so, so that was really interesting. And again, back to the East LA thing, you know, where Ray is from and he's from, uh, Bassett, he's talking, yeah, he's from SGV Bassett, right? Yeah. Right down the street. Um, yeah. so that's another reason I like to listen to that. Um, he does great work. Talk to me about your interaction, maybe with referees as a former official. You know, uh, Ray, I, I, if you're watching, hi, how are you? This I hope Ray Corona is watching. Do, we, we've done some shows and he's a great guy. He's another SGV guy. And, you know, we always kind of joke in the ring a little bit about being from the same area. And we kind of have our little inside jokes, if you know what I mean, Ray, if you're watching. <laughs> I always make sure he cracks a smile in his face because he's got that look on his face. He's an all business guy and I respect it. He's a well-respected official, you know, one of the top officials in the world. And I'm very grateful to, you know, to work with them and, have a, a a relationship with them through boxing and you know good old Popeye right um <laughs> but you know that's that's so um but my relationship with with uh, a lot of these guys like uh, yeah Ray Corona you know great inspiration for guys from SGV to kind of you know to make it in this business and he's made it and um you know again watching him work you know he's a you know great person to watch you know, he handles business in the ring. Um, you know, I've also, I, I've worked with Ray Armanderas, um, Thomas Taylor. You know, Thomas Taylor and I did a show a couple of weeks ago at Thunder Studios in Long Beach. And he just did the, uh, um, he, he just did the Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia fight to watch yeah. him work at that magnitude. I mean, these are some of the guys. We worked a, a WBA show um, with Tito Mercado, who's coming up. That guy's, he's doing something special. Tito Ernesto Mercado from Pomona. He's another SGV guy that's on his way up. He's 10 and 0, all, all wins by the way of knockout. And, uh, you know, I spoke to his father today a little bit, and he's on his way to, you know, he's not going to tell me what he's signing, but he's going to do some big things. But again, um, also like uh, uh, Don DeVerges and, and uh, Damon Walton, they're, they're judges aside from referees that have helped me and mentored me, especially uh, Damian Walton. He's done an excellent job in making sure I understand this business. And I want to put the shout out there for Damien um, and Ray Armandetas, him and I. Ray Armandetas does a lot of, you know, he does a lot of work, you know, for, for the uh, in professional boxing. And I want to also acknowledge uh, David Denkin as well. You know, his father is Marty Denkin. Marty Denkin was, uh, he was uh, in, the, in the Rocky movies and he was a Hall of Fame guy in the professional boxing scene too. So, David, thank you for helping me understand MMA as well. He's always picking up the phone calls for me and um, letting me know, you know, the do's and the don'ts and what I should say and what I shouldn't say. So, you know, but these are really good guys that, you know, people that I can reach out to. And uh, again, also to Ray Amandetta's phone call away too. And thank you for your time if you're watching too for, for making sure I understand these guys are some of the best in the business that mentor me with understanding the rules and, and everything I need to know about boxing. So, you know, again, these are these are respected names in the business that I deal with. And I'm just very grateful to to have uh, the relationships through boxing yeah. with them. And it's so funny with with so many people involved in the sport, you know, the judges, the the uh, the referees um, I, as, as a former or former official and current official yourself. You, you know, people love to referee from their couch. 
They're, they could see everything from their couch. They're the very best. How could the judges do that? How could the referees do that? So that's right. why I love hearing uh, Ray Corona's podcast and, uh, you know, just hearing the insights of, of those things. So I'm a big fan of officials in all sports, whatever it is, especially uh, combat sports. I went to a fight three, four years ago, again, again pre-COVID, I think, and down in Pechanga. And it was uh, my first time seeing boxing live. And I went with my brother. And it was so awesome to just be down there. And the referees, guys like Ray Corona, they just kind of walk. It was, it was cool. They just walk around. They take pictures with people. And it was just like, wow, this you don't see this stuff on TV. So boxing in person uh, was a real treat for me. And I can't wait to see some MMA in person sometime. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, it was a unique experience. Who fought that night? It was... Uh, Oh, Teofimo Lopez knocked him out a few years ago. Uh, and then he, anyway, doesn't matter, I guess. But uh, no, yeah, I, I thought I just, you were a, a, a UFC official. I've seen you in your Facebook profile. Yeah. So I was like, wait a minute, are you, did, 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 uh, did you get picked up? Yeah, I appreciate, I was, I was flattered. But yeah, that was just a Halloween costume. One year I was a boxing right. referee. I, and then the next year, which is still my Facebook profile, was a UFC referee. That was just a Halloween right. costume. Just Halloween. I promise. You, man. <laughs> no, dude, I don't know how those referees, especially in MMA, how they step in and they manage that, man. I mean, it's hard in boxing too, but MMA, I'm sure you've seen those referees got to get hands on and get in between and pull people off. I mean, they're big boys. They're strong. Oof. A lot of them, they, they lift weights too. And they, they got to be able to go in and stop something. Cause some of these fighters, they just, they, they don't know when to stop. They just see all red and they're just going and you got to be able to, you know, go ahead and get in between these guys and make them stop. Yeah. These are strong boys. So they, they got to be strong as well. What, uh, what are some memories you have, uh, Robert, of, of places maybe you've been? You talked to me about the first time you stepped in the ring, but, I mean, is it, it could be anything, a specific fight, uh, uh, just a moment, or maybe some of the places you've been assigned, the nice, nice areas or whatever. Uh, any any memories from so I'll far from, what, from the, your – The first time I ever did a show was with George Francis, and uh, he allowed me to do one of his MMA shows. First time, and uh, I think the lights were off. And uh, they turned them on. And I, as soon as they turned them on, it was a part of the show. I, I seen all these people and I just kind of got a little overwhelmed. And then I have a camera in my face and I just was like, whoa, this is real. Everybody's looking at me and um, I have to, I have to perform. And as far, as far as the memory, that's one that has never went away because it just reminds me, you know, Hey, I, I started this way. And I was able to overcome, and, and uh, the show went on, and I was able to get over my little jitters and 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 just and entertain a crowd, and, and really get the show on the road and 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 build my confidence. So that's kind of a memory that 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 has lasted with me, and it's a reminder every time I get into a a cage or or a ring, you know. So it's like throwing on the the plate gear first time you look around you're like oh my goodness and then okay let's just it's just baseball let's yes, go <laughs> that's right <laughs> um and you said you primarily in southern california but uh you you travel uh, other places i mean what do you have any any upcoming events or upcoming uh i uh, boxing? sure do next next uh next saturday i'm gonna go to visalia california i'm gonna be working with jim cooley from ufc fight pass um he's uh we're gonna be uh with 559 fights so we have a pretty big uh event out there and that's all with you like you're right you're right your favor um 
and A1 Combat Sports. He's affiliated with them, and they're also UFC affiliates. So I look forward to working with these guys because these these guys are you know they're gonna mold uh, they're gonna mold me to where I need to get to, you know, even you know with, with they're all UFC involved. So you know they're bringing me aboard to make sure that I'm I'm on the right direction because obviously you know I get a phone call from Jim Cooley, and he's he he needs a guy, and you know I'm their guy. So I felt very flattered because Jim Cooley, he's also, again, UFC commentator, um, well-respected in the business. And he came, called me up because I, I've been working my way and he identified me and is bringing me out there and has given me seven shows. So I'm excited uh, about, you know, growing with these guys and potentially leading to the UFC. So uh, I'm, cool. I'm pretty, pretty stoked with that. And Jim, if you're watching too, thank you for believing me. Uh, I, and you know my my work, you've identified it, and you're one of probably what, another respected name in the business. So, you know, here here we go next weekend, Visalia, California, five five nine fights. You know, we're, we're ready to go. One of one of uh, the first fights I officiated happened to be in Visalia, and I told you I was not a boxing referee or MMA <laughs> MMA referee, but I was a minor league baseball umpire. And hey. I'll never forget it. 2012, um, Visalia, San Jose at Visalia, up in the California League. There was a play at the plate. I was at home plate, called the guy out. Uh, the runner and the catcher were uh, they they were bad at each other for getting tangled up. They stepped in. I stepped in between them. I thought I had them separated, and the catcher, with his glove hand, his catcher's glove, threw a punch over my shoulder. Bam! Left hook to the base runner oh, wow. and then it was on dude 50 dudes running out here into us and at that point i stepped aside and just started writing numbers down with my partner so That's one of the only fights should. one of the only fights i was directly involved in as a uh as a non-boxing referee Quite all right <laughs> <laughs> i'm probably gonna be at the same stadium as you because we're working at a minor league stadium out there yeah yeah the rawhide yeah it's uh it's like a cage match when you're umpiring baseball the backstop's right up against the home plate and it's just these clear, these clear nets. It was like, uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, arena baseball or something like that. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Visalia. Not much else going on up in that town, rather than some. Uh, yeah, Central baseball. California. <laughs> but I'm also so, gonna be. Yeah, uh, we've got some stuff uh, coming up with Red Boxing Promotions too. June third, San Diego. Uh, it's a sold out event already. So nice. um, we're going to do Rally Rowell, uh Lizaraga, who's also an undefeated professional fighter. He's doing his homecoming out there. We we have elite boxing coming up, uh, which with with Carlos, he does an outstanding. Uh, he does outstanding shows where mm -hmm. he has the WBC involved. He has uh, he has different networks um, covering his stuff. Uh, he has Supreme Boxing involved. A lot of eyes out there. You get a lot of heavy hitters that go to his shows, and I'm just really glad to be a part of Elite Boxing as well, too. So they've got stuff coming up out here every other month in Southern yeah, when, California. When do you got some Southern California uh, events? Because I had a lot of listeners here, and obviously I, I would be interested, too. Is there anything uh, local coming up? Uh, I want to say May 20th, Thunder Studios, uh, Elite Boxing, uh, San Diego as well, June 3rd with uh, – red boxing uh, just like these are the things i've got going on here would you say where's that where's where that may 20th you said thunder studios where's that yeah it's in long beach oh okay okay long beach, yeah, long beach that, yeah that's uh what was that is that memorial day no the 20th no no no, no. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I have to sneak down there and uh, and check out a, a fight card in person, man. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Again, these guys are running shows once a month, once every other month. So, I mean, I, I got three shows, maybe four shows every month now working for different promotion companies. And uh, I'm blessed. I, I, I'm doing a, a show in Vegas um, in October. So that, that, that that's going to be fun. Um, I can't really disclose the casino it's going to be at because that's kind of uh, that it wasn't disclosed to me yet, but it's probably going to be yeah. a sellout crowd out there too. So in October, I look forward to going out there and working in Las Vegas. Oh, and man. professional That's... boxing as well. Professional boxing in Las Vegas. I mean, say no more. I mean, the history uh, of just those those words. Uh, that's that's so cool for you, Robert. I, I think it's awesome what you're doing. Um, this is a random question because it's something that, uh, again, has just stood the test of time. Hasn't changed a whole lot. Ring announcers are always not just suited and booted, but in that that tuxedo, man, the old school look. Does that ever get tired of throwing that thing on and having to perform in it? <laughs> You know what I, 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 uh, I do. Uh, I wear different suits. They're a little bit, a uh, little different here, a little flashier. And I've yeah. even tried. I've I've gone to different little uh, bow ties and stuff I that like are it. a little flashier as well. Um, and I'm kind of went to the slim fit pants for the, you know, the bottom part. So I've kind of, I'm up to date with the new fashions. We'll say. Yeah. So. <laughs> swagger man it's like usually you know broadcasters or whatever uh like a, a public address announcer they're just up in the booth or something but it's really one of the only sports you know where the announcer is literally in on the field in the ring that's uh, right with the competitors right that's right you it, it, again it's all it's all a part of the respect for the business and that's just mm. what they've been doing forever and it's just you have to add your own little flavor to it and that's what i do myself I add my little new school flavor to it. And uh, it's something that a lot of people now in this day and age can identify with as far as like wearing, wearing like my, uh, my, my suits that have flowers on them or, you know, just, or they have sequins on them or they, they're, they're sparkly. I mean, and it, you know, <laughs> I get a lot of, a lot of good reviews and a lot of people complimenting my style. So that's part of what I bring to the table when I bring it out. You got to have style in uh, in in that business. I I think you know back to baseball. Uh, umpires famously have have their own styles. You know we're not robots out there, even though they want robot umpires uh, in the future. But yeah, I think you develop style however you do things, and I'm sure you've learned a lot from baseball umpiring that kind of transitioned in, into the to the boxing uh, and MMA sure ring announce, right? You know what? I think about that. I, I, it's the confidence and just knowing, like, like when you know the rules, you go out on a baseball field, you feel like, you know, these coaches don't know. You, and you can, <laughs> you already know. You, you can, you can uh, take over a conversation or any, any argument that they may have because you know the rules. And, they, and nine times out of ten, they don't. So bring that over to boxing. Like, you know, now that I know the rules of boxing and know the etiquette, like a lot of people don't know it, and I do, so I feel that confidence when I go into the ring of what I'm doing. Because not a lot of people take the time to understand what it is what I do. Only certain people do that do that mm -hmm. do take the time, and so that's where my confidence is, and I transitions from baseball to ring announcing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I'm glad because it's 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 nothing new to me. It's just just making sure I understand things and how I incorporate them when I'm when I need to in the ring. <laughs> for for those that don't know, I want to kind of paint a picture here because this is again something uh, I I saw in person and then have have witnessed, you know, because I watch kind of the behind the scenes stuff uh, in boxing and maybe it's different in MMA, but I'm sure it's the same. After each round, it 
and and you correct me after I'm done here if I'm wrong, but like it's after each round, the referee walks to each all three judges, and the judges kind of give him the scorecards to then uh, give uh, to to whoever it may be, and then at the end of the fight, how is it communicated to you from the judges? to you making your announcement. Talk about that process, if you will. You know, it, that process is, you know, right when I know that the fight is about to be over, or if I, you know, most, most of the time if it goes all eight rounds, six rounds, 10 rounds, 12 rounds, I know I got to get up and I got to go see, sit next to the lead inspector who's going to get all those cards and all those points and he's going to tally them up on his sheet and he's going to circle the winner for me and he's going to let me know if it's a split decision, majority decision, unanimous decision, whatever decision they have. And then I'm going to get with the judges. I'm going to see their names. I'm going to put on my little card. Hey, you know, judge, you know, judge one, judge two, judge three, you know. And so I'm going to, if it's a split decision, I write down the scores on my little cue card. And I go in there, hey, you know, after four rounds of, you know, action, we now go to our scorecards. We have a split decision. Judge one scores this contest, judge two, judge three. You know, and then you have, then you put it out there. If they're undefeated, new champion, new this, you know, and there you go. In a sense, that's how that, that's all that has, you know, how that comes about. So the referee collects uh, the three judges scorecards after each round and gives them to, you said the lead inspector, the, the, the lead inspector. Yes. Okay. And then uh, he had, does anybody have access to what the judges cards are until the very end? No. Okay. And, and that's for a reason I got to imagine so that oh, it's yeah. all confidentiality and that's just their protocol. But yeah, the, the, the referee picks them all up, hands them to the lead inspector. He does what he does with them, updates his scorecards and then he tallies them up at the end of the, the, the match or the bout. And he gives me that information and I, and I go ahead and give that decision. And you are the first person other than the inspector. He knows who who's won. You're the mm -hmm. first person to find that out. Is it hard sometimes? Cause there is a little bit of a delay kind of you walk up and the two fighters are there and you you're, you're ready to make the announcement. Is it kind of like, is it hard? I mean, poker face or whatever you want to call it, just not giving anything away. Is that a little hard? Yeah. You know what? Good. good. I like that. Cause the poker face. Yeah. Cause sometimes, Sometimes some of these fighters, they kind of, yeah, deep down inside, you're kind of like, I hope this guy wins, but, you know, yeah. you can't show it, you know, because mm -hmm. sometimes maybe backstage, someone kind of rubbed you the wrong way and, you know, just <laughs> different things. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest. But then again, it's, uh, I go in there with a straight face and uh, I'm not giving any away, anything away until it's time to, you know, deliver that message. And uh, and if, if, if it's someone that I really like, I, I, I give them a little bit more love. When it comes to, you know, being a little louder and, uh, you know, I, I give it to them, you know, that is, that is really cool. Yeah. That's again, I, I, the, I like the uniqueness to different sports and seeing that is like something I always think about that when I'm watching, cause like we're standing around waiting for the announcement and I read kind of the announcer sometimes. And I'm like, man, he knows who won. Is he, <laughs> is he giving anything away? No, you can't, you can't tell. And uh, have you ever been it's probably not as often, but have you ever been surprised by a decision? You're like, is oh, this yeah. right? You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially when something should have been a unanimous decision and they have me go up to saying it's a split draw. Uh, oh, I had wow. that a couple of weeks ago and uh, it was, yeah, everybody kind of had something to say. It's well, it's <laughs> literally, man, I don't know how we got to close to us, but I guess he kind of snuck by security, kind of got into my space 
And he was Ooh. asking me in Spanish, like, why, why did I, he thought that I'm the one that came up with that conclusion. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, who is this guy? Kind of walked away. I, I just knew better and I didn't want to engage. You're literally the, don't shoot the messenger. You're literally just the messenger announcing those guys made the decision. I'm just relaying it to everybody. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And you know what? Sometimes you feel when everybody starts booing you, I'm like, oh man, uh, okay. And you just kind of got to get out of the ring real quick. So you're not there, you know, getting all the tomatoes being thrown at you. <laughs> well, it's just the, the passion of fighters is so interesting. And, and especially the, you know, the, the starting out levels, you got young guys who are aspiring to, to get that first, uh, you know, pro contract or to, to become Olympian, whatever it may be. And, so, and it's their lives, man. That's one thing I love about fighting. Well, not one, many things. There's so much training that goes into it for, uh, when you're starting out for 12 minutes, you put all this time in for 12 minutes or, you know, the, 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 the championship fights, you know, 36 minutes. Like I, that's just crazy to me that months of training for 36 minutes sometimes or less, obviously. Yeah. It's nuts. Or, or less. Man. Yeah. Or 10 and seconds it, in and you get knocked out. Yeah. I've seen that. Oh, you know, these guys put a lot of work and I mean, sometimes, you know, it's again, it's, I see people who, you know, you just people from, you know, different training, you know, environments and some people may, you know, train harder than others. And, you know, and the guy that didn't train so hard, they end up getting the W. So it's what it is. I've seen some people who are really, really physically fit go against the guys that don't even look really physically fit. And the guy that didn't really look physically fit, he's the one getting the knockout. Yeah. You know, what? let me ask you, I didn't prep you for this, but it just popped into my head. Um, you know, there is some some crossover in the sport. You see got UFC guys or former UFC guys step in the boxing ring and and fight. Uh, we've seen, you know, the Jake Pauls of the world, these these YouTube guys. Um, I, I have to imagine, I don't know personally, but I got to imagine that doesn't sit well with some of these young and upcoming fighters who have been working their whole lives to get somewhere and someone kind of, I don't know, steps, steps ahead of them, if you will. I'm not sure what I'm asking exactly, but just kind of the crossover and kind of the uniqueness to these guys who haven't been in the rings their whole life. Is that kind of trouble? I get what younger? you're saying. Like some of these internet guys that come in, you know, they have a huge following and then they're getting the big shots before the guys who are doing the, putting in that work um, that are training, training, training. They're kind of going through the, like the, the traditional steps of how to get to the top. But some of these guys, because they're YouTubers and they, they create all this noise and they're like, all of a sudden they get a, a, a shot to be, you know, to against someone who's a legit legitimate fighter. And they get that opportunity to show versus that guy who's, you know, training. I get, and you know what? It's, it's the world we live in. People just want to see it's entertainment and who's going to draw, you know, the big numbers, uh, whether it's, you know, people in the seats or pay-per-view purchases, but that's what they're going for. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's what it is, whether you like it or not. And that's just the name of the game well, in entertainment. And, uh, entertainment, it's promoting and promoting yourself, promoting the event. Uh, not necessarily something I've always been good at. I'm kind of a, you know, uh, low key, keep to myself kind of guy, introvert, but um, promoting yourself or your business, uh, it, it's, it's just the nature of the business as you yeah. mentioned. And so you're fortunate to work with a lot of people, um, and, and who've been great to you. Um, man, if you would, Robert, I mean, promote your brand here as we kind of wrap, wrap it up here soon. Um, anything else you want to say about, you know, people or your future in this business? You know, just everybody who's helped me along the way, um, people who give me the opportunities to, 
to work with them. I mean, thank you for taking the opportunity, the chance on me. I mean, I, I put in my work. I work and I, I, I work hard, you know, prepping for these shows, rehearsing, um, making sure that I understand what I'm saying and um, making sure I understand just the whole business and people that know me in this business that really got to talk to me. They, and they, they know where I'm coming from. And uh, just some of the guys, um, like my uncle Tony said, I'm going to just put him out there like that, you know, as an inspiration to me, you know, he was a, he's, he trained Sugar Shane Mosley. He's trained Paul Banky, uh, Richie Sandoval, Albert Superfly Sandoval. And his, even my own cousin, Tony said that junior, all these guys are hall of famers and all from Pomona. So I, I, I'm just really glad that I have that in my family. And I, I'm just, you know, carrying on that torch from what they started, you know, in the ring announcing stuff, but I'm still in the business and, all those guys who know the names I just said, you know, in the, in the boxing in, in industry, you know, these are pretty well-respected names. And uh, I want to be, I just want to, you know, be that name as well and carry that torch from what they've started, you know? And, um, but as far as uh, anything else, just keep, you know, just keep following. Um, I, I see myself, I'm just progressing, progressing and I'm getting bigger shows and, and just, you know, uh, I'm humble and I just want to keep on grinding. And, you know, thank you, Matt, for, you know, having me here. And, and we'll just keep track of the progress and how we go, you know. Yeah. And um, Absolutely, and, uh, man. It, it's, it's been a pleasure. And, and I, I'm excited to talk to anyone in the fight game or, you know, come out to a show or something. We'll, we'll have to make that happen. Uh, two big you, fights tonight. I'll, I mean, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who you got, John Ryder or Canelo Alvarez tonight? What do you think? I'm going to go with Canelo Alvarez tonight. Yeah. You know, he, I, he I think so. Hard. I'm not going to say Ryder's not working hard, but you know what? Alvarez is where he's at and you know, he's going to, he's going to do his thing, you know, big Cinco de mile fight. And, you know, he's got a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of, uh, you know, the, the Mexican culture to make sure that, you know, he brings home that victory for. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got to love it. It's a fun weekend. Every time Canelo <laughs> fights, I love his ring entrance. John fight, John Ryder though, man, 32 and five. So uh, we'll see what happens there. And then on the MMA side of things, big UFC 288 Sterling or Cicuto. I like Cicuto personally, but what do you I'll think? I'll go with you on Cicuto. Yeah, yeah, I like him too. Absolutely. 22 and three versus 16 and two should be a great fight in UFC tonight. A little bit uh, more finally, but yeah. 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 Fine. <laughs> absolutely. Finally. Um, Robert, uh, where can people follow you? Um, or do you have a uh, social media or whatever, or how, what's yeah, the best can, way to kind of, you can look me up on Robert James, um, you know, on Facebook, I I'm there. Um, uh, I'm starting to put more things up about my career. I really didn't do it before, but I, I got to get better with that. But, um, I'm starting to put more things up as far as the shows that I'm doing. So, you know, if people are curious, they can kind of see what I'm doing there. That's awesome, man. Well, I will post uh, anything I can uh, regarding you. And anytime I see you uh, out there in, in the boxing ring, I'll be like, hey, get home safe podcast. Don't forget he was on here. He was on here first. So thanks for right. talking, fighting with me, Robert. I hope to uh, see you very, very soon, man. And uh, it's uh, it's fight night, right? That's right. It's fight night tonight for both MMA and boxing. So Can't wait, man. Enjoy the fights tonight, everybody. And and again, thank you for having me on your show, Matt. It means a lot. And uh, yeah, keep keep me in your thoughts and keep on watching boxing. And and uh, again, you know, here we are and just very blessed to uh, do what I do. Well, who's ready for some fighting tonight? I know I'm ready. Canelo Alvarez 
Uh, Henry Cicuto, don't let me down, guys. I, I picked you here. Uh, breaking news, making those uh, picks. UFC boxing, I I'm pumped here. Going to finish up a few more chores around the house and get ready for uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend. It's been a, a fun weekend already, kicking it off Friday night. Made a little fiesta here at the house, at least to our standards. But, uh, you know, fighting, I don't know, man. Just there's something about a big fight. I love the Super Bowl. I, I love March Madness. I love the World Series. But the anticipation for fights every weekend especially, it just – Ah, it just gets your juices flowing. Thank you, Robert James, for being on the podcast. I am going to be in touch with you, my friend, uh, during big fights and, and just anytime you're out working. I got to come out and see you in person. It's been a while and some good memories on the baseball field together. But I love talking boxing. I love talking MMA with anyone who will. I don't know that much about it. I just uh, have, have grown in love with the two sports and have tried to uh, learn every step of the way, try to come away with something each weekend. It's, it's a, inspiring to see people commit to something and then put themselves out there in the, in the ring, in the octagon, not just the fighters, but the ring announcers, the referees, uh, the judges, all these people that make it go. And uh, that was a lot of fun. That was really a lot of fun. A unique podcast here on get home safe for those maybe that tuned in just to hear Robert, you haven't heard the Get Home Safe podcast before. Uh, I started this back up in uh, March of 2020. Started out talking with friends and just people I knew, getting to know their stories. Uh, obviously, talking about uh, you know my opinions on sports and other other matters and things. That's kind of what it is now. But occasionally we have guests on like Robert James. Uh, in the previous past, uh, I've I've had uh, Major League Baseball announcers on. I've uh, one of my favorite interviews, Tony Padilla, an NCAA basketball referee who officiated the final four two years ago. He's third, third time him doing that chatted with him um, on the podcast. I've had some fun interviews here and this one goes right back up there because or towards the top, because again, I don't get to talk to many people in the fight game. It's something I love and uh, want to learn more about. So uh, thanks Robert James. Once again, we will be back for more podcasts next week, next week as uh, this has turned into a weekly show for the most part, we're putting shows out on the weekends now uh, recording on either Saturday or Sunday. Occasionally I'll move it to Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on the work schedule and things. But uh, again, follow us on social media, get home safe at uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. We put all our content there. Uh, we can, you can watch our show on uh, YouTube. Of course, uh, our new, new format is uh, rumble.com as well. And then Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen to audio only platforms or podcasts, uh, we're there as well. So give us a like, give us a follow. We'd love the podcast to grow. If it's not for you, that's all good. No offense taken. But if you want to uh, check it out and hear me ramble away uh, every every week or so about my, my thoughts on things, uh, please check in. This is not a boxing only podcast. This is a sports, a life, uh, just everyday random thoughts that go through my head. Sometimes try to come on here for 30 minutes to an hour every week and, uh, you know, come up with something. So thanks for tuning in guys, uh, to you loyal listeners and to the new fans out there to Robert James. Good luck to you, man. I know you're going to do great things and we'll be watching you on DAZN or ESPN or, or something or other here real, real soon. So, uh, guys enjoy the two fights tonight. Enjoy Cinco de Mayo weekend. Summer's right around the corner. Robert James and the James family. God bless you for your service in the various branches of the military as well. Can't thank you guys enough. And uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Another fun episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. We'll be back next week. Probably just me, but uh, that could always change. Stay tuned. Follow us on social media so you have all of the information needed. As always, guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Oh.